Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In your baseball life. From the Jeff Rose Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years. NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNOs. We take you uh, right up until noon. Trends play the day. Circus Sports sponsors it. It's in about two, 45 minutes or so. Nicholson on Iowa State as well. Right now, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Love our usually Monday conversations, this being uh, on the heels of a long weekend. Uh, he joins us right now and uh, does so on the, well, at the, as we pass by the first checkpoint in Major League Baseball Memorial Day weekend. Hello, Matt Snyder, Trenton Ken, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, good extended weekends. And uh, now we're past that benchmark, right? Yep. Like, let's see how it is on Memorial Day. We're past that. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, we're into the throes of the MLB season now. With the exception of what took place yesterday afternoon at Wrigley Field, I and no offense to the Iowa Cubs, um, I've, I felt like I tuned in uh, to Alex Cohen and uh, uh, the company doing uh, the game uh, on marquee. It was the I-Cubs. They were the, the lineup. I'm sure you yeah. saw it yesterday. Day. I think there was yep. five or six of the guys that uh, that started in the first game that that were here not too many weeks ago. Seems to be the direction it's going with the Cubs, and you know, with Suzuki and Hayward on the the injured list. Uh, gosh, I guess VR is too, so you're going to have to tap into that. But in a way, it's exciting because yep. it's something to look forward to. And, and it's you looked at the last wave; it wasn't necessarily all guys that, that were the most important players on the World Series team because I think, like, Arizmendi Alcantara was one of the first ones that came up on the last one. And then, like, then I think uh, Javier Baez and Jorge Soler, it was like a kind of a slow trickle. And if you're a Cubs fan, maybe somebody like Christopher Morel is, is somebody that's going to be one of those guys, or Nelson Velasquez is going to be one of those mm-hmm. one of those guys. So it's it can be exciting, even if it's depressing in the moment. <laughs> yeah, the VR injury, did you hear about that? No. So he's exercise, you know those like rubber bands mm-hmm. that they, apparently one snapped and hit him right in the face and Jeez. caused significant uh, dent, uh, dental problems. Is, is that right? Jeez. That's what I heard. I, I hadn't heard yeah. that either. I, had, I was out and about some this weekend, so gosh, I missed that one. Wow. The That's 2022 something. Cubs, there yeah. it is, getting hit in the face yeah. by rubber bands. Right. What a, what a calling card it is. And losing a mouthful of teeth. Wilson Contreras, what are you doing with him? Are you resigning him? Mm. or? And what does he get in the open market? A guy coming up to free agency, a guy you don't know about signability if he wants to go to the open market. Your thoughts on Wilson Contreras? 
I feel like he is of more value to the Cubs than anybody else. I still think he's, he's, his capabilities are to be one of the best offensive catchers in baseball, and he is a great arm behind the plate. He's done a lot of good work on his framing, but a lot of the framing metrics still have him as below average. And a good number of teams that you would think might be in the market for a very good catcher like Wilson Contreras, such as the Yankees, uh, the word we hear is a lot of them value the framing a lot more than offense and are not too worried about upgrading as long as they have a good framer. So <laughs> you just wonder if it's going to get in a situation where the Cubs are going to want, you know, the moon for Contreras and nobody's going to give it. So then he sticks around maybe down the stretch. If that's the case, we'll see an extension because he is a team leader He's still not too old to be a team leader when when they are ready to contend again. They should be ready to spend a lot of money in the offseason. So if you're going to do that, why not keep this guy around? Mm. Let's stay in that division. Uh, I want to talk about the Cardinals because this is a team that, uh, you know, death taxes and the Cardinals are used to say are in the playoffs, but are certainly right there in contending for. Uh, they're going to get Flaherty back at some point, you would think. Goldschmidt had the, uh, a month of May that, you know, that seldom happens in Major League Baseball. He was unbelievable. Yeah. This kid Gorman, my God, he's come out of uh, nowhere. This is a really good baseball team that I think has a chance to get better, Matt. Yeah, I think they're really good. Uh, I can't remember if it was on this show in particular, but I've been a couple weeks. I've been saying I think they're going to win the division, even though I know the Brewers look good and it's a four-game lead right now. That's obviously not insurmountable, but it's it's not nothing. It's not like a half-game lead or one-game lead, or a, a decent margin at this point in time. But I just think that they have the better roster moving forward, especially with the Brewers having injuries to Peralta and now Woodruff. Yep. Um, and it's still just not a fan of that offense at all in, in Milwaukee. And I do think that this Cardinals offense, n- now that they brought up Gorman and he's had a few big games, uh, I think three, at least three hit games, two mm-hmm. in, within the last couple of days, yep. uh, to go along with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Edmund, when Tyler O'Neill comes back, I expect he'll hit a lot better. I think that that's one of the more powerful offenses in the National League. And uh, as you mentioned, Flaherty on the way back, the the pitching staff is not going to be nearly as big of a problem as it was at the start of the year, or at least heading into the season, the question marks they had in the rotation. Once they get Flaherty back down the stretch, especially seeing what what Nicholas and Hudson are capable of right now, uh, it's not nearly as big of a problem as you thought it might be in, in late March. Speaking of that division, the Pirates. No, they had a blip. Yeah. What was that? Seven, eight years ago, where they had a decent couple of yeah. decent teams. But you yeah. just talk about no chance. They got to Kimbrel last night. Trip. Maybe it's the start of something. <laughs> that organization, yeah. you know what they're doing, and continually go through this process and on and on and on. It just feels so hopeful, it, it, hopeless. Excuse me. That you just you yeah. never can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's almost. It's funny. Like they, when they got good for a second. <laughs> um, just kind of bad timing in 2015, I guess, because they won 98 games that year. Yeah. There are teams that never even won 98 games mm-hmm. and won the. I mean, the, the the even your Giants, they were winning like 88 or 92. <laughs> uh, you just kind of they ran into that Jake Arrieta in that wild card game in 2015. 98 wins, one and done in the playoffs. Uh, I, I just you look at them, and I, I can't. 
but feel a little bit like anytime somebody comes up and they do something good, like, oh, man, he's going to look good in a different uniform in a few years. Um, They did do the extension with Key Brian Hayes. And um, in, with, with behind Ben Sherrington, maybe we should give the front office a, a little bit of rope here. But I, when the, the problem's the owner, I, I don't feel like it's going out that much on a limb and saying it does seem pretty hopeless, and I tend to agree with you. Speaking of hopeless, if, if you're a Royals fan, uh, this was supposed to We've seen a couple of baby steps, kept hearing, you know, you got to go through this phase Give us a couple of years. Well, it seemed like, you know, that period of time that, that grace period, if you will, um, you know, it was, it was in the past and this was the year that they're going to take another step forward. This is the worst team in baseball. I mean, I know you agree with me because I looked at your power rankings and and you've got them absolutely last behind the Pirates, the Reds and the Tigers. What is going on in Kansas City? And we started the show about, is it means Matheny on thin ice and Trent's reply was, what good is that going to do? And he's right. It's, it's just uh, it's eyewash sometimes when you do that. Yeah. I, I wonder if it would be more effective if it was someplace like Philadelphia with Girardi. Which may happen. Would be, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's probably time to thank Dayton Moore for his service mm. and, and move on. Um, he did a great, great job building them, and they went to two straight World Series. They won one. That's exceptional. Uh, to do that in Kansas City, yeah. that was great. But it's probably run its course at this point and uh i mean i just when i look at the roster and i see what merrifield i just think gosh how much could they have had for him mm-hmm. on the trade market two or three years ago and he just held on to him for dear life and now he's 33 years old and he's not useful anymore it's it's stuff like that that kind of got them in this position um and, and you know they tried to patchwork with with stuff like andrew benintendi who's actually having a very good year um carlos santana it, it's like we're trying to kind of throw together the pieces of a contender, but it's it, it's all kind of half measures and it's just not all there. Probably need to get somebody new in there and say Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be the guy that we build around. Let's make sure to make his prime worthwhile. He's 22 years old right now. So you need a plan that they're ready to be contenders, what, in three years when he's 25? Probably something like that. It needs to start now. And they haven't really been doing it. I mean, they've traded on the margins. They've made signings on the margins. But they haven't committed to we're trying to be contenders in, like, 2025 or anything like that. Instead, it's just kind of half-heartedly throwing together a roster and and hoping it sticks for the, the current year. And it's just not working. Another team in that division I thought was due for a step forward after what we saw after a terrible start last year. Were the Tigers and they Over the spent last money three four months of the year? They were a five hundred team last year. AJ Hinch, a very well respected manager, I thought it was going in the right direction. But you look up and down this lineup: mm. Javi Baez, batting average under two hundred, OPS under five forty. Candelario has been a disaster. Uh, Torkelson has been okay in his rookie year, but up and down that lineup, it has been ugly this year. What's gone wrong with the Tigers to make a leap themselves? Well, it's it, as you said, the offense, almost everybody's underachieving. I mean, almost to a man. You, you know, I would look, other than Miguel Cabrera, <laughs> somehow Mickey is like better than he thought he would be. But pretty much everybody else has been worse. And, you know, Austin Meadows hit his good on base percentage, but he didn't even hit a home run before he went on the injured list now. Over 100 at bats there. That's as long of a stretch as he's had in years. And like you said, Javi's been pretty bad 
terrible in May, actually. Jonathan Scope's been terrible. Uh, Torkelson, not really what you wanted. It's not abnormal for a rookie to struggle, especially after 2020. There was no minor league season, and that's when he was the number one overall pick. It's kind of a weird trying to bring somebody up in that. But still, I think that everybody thought he was going to be better than this. And, yeah, on down the line of Candelaria, almost everybody has just been bad on offense. And then pitching-wise, they've had injuries to, to many guys, Casey Mize and Matt Manning among them, and they're both concerning there. So it's been pretty much a disaster in Detroit this year. Uh, let's talk about Juan Soto because I think he's – is he the best young – there's so many of them, yeah. right? There's so many of them. But he's in the conversation. Uh, any conversation about the best young players in the game, he's, he's part of it. Are the, are the Nationals really going to let him go opposed to building around him? I mean, he's a he's one of the best players. Where's he going to be in 10 years, for crying out loud? It doesn't sound like it's going to be Washington. If you're a Nationals fan, uh, that's not good. I don't know. I, I think that I think that they'll end up eventually settling on something with him because he's, it's so ridiculous to think about because he's been up for a while and we probably all think of him as a veteran, but he's only 23. It's funny, I just said Bobby Witt Jr. is 22. Soto's only 23. Jeez. Uh, it's, I, I feel like this goes back to the conversations that we would have about Mike Trout in like 2017. And now Trout was older than obviously, but anytime you talked about what would a trade package be for Trout oh. that would work for both sides, Anytime you get to what it would take for the Nationals to give Soto up, it feels like it's way too much for the team trading for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's where we're going to have the problem. It's easy to talk about. It's going to be a long way until they contend. Oh, he turned down that huge contract extension offer. Well, look, the Nationals can afford huge contracts. We've seen that before uh, between Max Scherzer and uh, several others. Strasburg signed a big one. Actually, it's all been pitching, hasn't it, Corbin? Because they let Rendon and Harper walk. But anyway, I I know that they have the wherewithal financially to get it done with him. And as I said, I just feel like if you start getting into throwing names around, before it would make sense for the Nationals, the team's going to say, wait a minute, that's too much. So I, I don't think it's possible. I could be wrong, though. Talking baseball right now with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. His power rankings, as Ken mentioned, they're up right now with CBSSports.com. And and I like what you did, kind of taking a look at the teams that can make the run, like the Nationals did when they won the World Series, what we saw from the Braves a year ago. Top of your list are the Red Sox, the White Sox, right behind them at number two. Let's go into both those teams, Red Sox and White Sox, turning out and turning around what's been a disappointing start for both those organizations. Yeah, and I mean, the White Sox have had so many injuries, and you know, Tim Anderson just went down, mm-hmm. so they're continuing to deal with that. Moncada has been terrible. They've had just so many things happen to them. It feels like a what more could go wrong situation, you know? And you look at it, and they're 500, and they're four and a half games out of first, and they're going to get healthy. And a lot of the guys I mentioned, Moncada, are too talented to keep playing this poorly. So I just feel like it's one of those things where that's a team that could kind of lie in the weeds and then all of a sudden hit their stride in August and just take off the way the Braves did last year. Um, They're definitely talented enough for that to happen. Now, it might never happen because sometimes we see teams like this and it doesn't turn around, but it's definitely possible and plausible there. Uh, The Red Sox, it'll be tougher because I don't think that they – I think they're too far behind to take the division now, especially from fourth place. But 
as I believe we talked about here, you knew you were going to get Devers, Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez, but nobody else was helping them offensively. Well, since then, Trevor's story has gone yeah, all kinds of bonkers. Come to life. Yeah. Uh, you've started to see some life from Verdugo. You've started to see some life from Kike Hernandez. Some other guys like Frankie Cordero have been contributing. with it. He had a walk-off grand slam recently. The rotation, I think, now that Walker came back from injury, is in a little better place, especially with Chris Sale now heading out on a rehab assignment. So maybe that filters down because the bullpen has been a problem. But if they're in the race, they'll be aggressive in July to shore up the bullpen. So I think Red Sox are going to be in the mix for that sixth playoff seed, but the White Sox are more dangerous because they still have a chance at the division. Who's the team you got wrong? Either the, you thought they were going to be better or you thought they were going to stink. Let's do it for all of us. Um, Trent, we'll start with you. Who did you get wrong so far? I mean, obviously, we've got a lot of time to uh, to correct that, but uh, at this point. The Tigers are mine. Yeah, I yeah, took a couple one. of flyers on them, not just over on their win total this year, but also a division bet on them. I, I really I thought that was going to be a team that took a step forward. So in the American League, it, it's certainly uh, the Tigers for me. In the National League, the Giants, I thought, were due for a lot of regression. It hasn't hit up, but... They're not playing well here the last week, week or No, they're not. So maybe I'll ultimately be right on the Giants. Who'd you get wrong, Matt Snyder? Uh, Mariners. I, I oh, yeah. Be, yep. Yep. They've been just awful here the last mm-hmm. few weeks. And I thought they would be more like at least, let's say, where the White Sox and Red Sox are. I, I would have thought they would have been more around 500 competing for that sixth playoff spot. And uh, I don't have much hope in that turning around there at all. Uh, maybe Phillies. I still think they have time to turn it around. I think, I think, I was on board with them being completely inconsistent all year and kind of boomer bust on offense. That's just the way they're built. But I thought the rotation would be better. Again, I would have had them more around 500 than seven games under right now. And and on the other side, Diamondbacks. I know they're two games under and they're in fourth place and they're ten out, but that's kind of because of geography and (laughs) they lost eight in a row against the Dodgers. (laughs) So if it wasn't for the Dodgers, they'd be over 500. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in baseball, if not the worst team. And they've actually been not very bad at all when they don't play the Dodgers. Yeah. I think I got that one right. Cause I liked them a little better than you guys did have bet on them. But for me, it's like you Seattle. And I thought Texas, although they're playing better right now. And I know you have them in that. Don't sleep on them. That list the that, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that Trent brought up Matt love talking baseball with you really do Uh great conversation here this morning. We'll talk with you next, uh, next Monday. Anything you got coming out at cbssports.com this week you want to promote? Actually, yeah, the uh, the All Star ballot comes out at some point this week, so I'm going to work up like what my ballot would be right now. And and I'm I know that some people disagree and they just want the biggest stars, like regardless of year. And yeah. I'm more of a reward this year type guy. So I like it. I'm I just li- about to go through that right now, so good, that'll be fun. Good stuff. Well, we will uh, talk about that next Monday, amongst other topics, when we talk MLB with our friend Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Matt, have a great week. Thank you. All right, take care. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Grateful to have him, Trent. Yes, Very great resource. resource. Yep, he really is. Kick off our summer baseball weeks yep. each and every week. It's Covers the All-Star great. game, does mm-hmm. the playoffs, World Series. He'll be there, and he'll be there with us. have to ask him uh, in the next week or two if he's planning on coming to Dyersville. Oh, for the game? He's a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. He's a national writer. Mm-hmm. Not sure how much press availability there is. I know Fox gets a lot of people in there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, you know what? I think, obviously, it would be tougher last year to get in right. than, than this year. But we'll see. Didn't Birchie, I think, wrote a piece on that when I was gone as to what their um, plans are? Mm-hmm. We should get Birchie this week. We basically, I, I watched the Iowa Cubs in the game one yesterday at Wrigley Field. <laughs> and I kind of agree with Matt. Yeah, it's going to be a bad year, but it'll be fun to watch these kids uh, you know, take their first MLB strides. Grow, yeah, learn, a little bit. lead. See what they do. They have something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid was started yesterday. Boy, he's got a good, uh, had a good slider, had it working, but the bullpen couldn't hold it. We will come back. Miller and Condon joined next by Nick Olson on Iowa State. When's AJ Green going to let the world know what his plans are? That's uh, Nick Olson when he joins us next on Des Moines Sports Station 106.4. For details. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive, while Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com on podcasts you'll love. The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a rustic, comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barnwood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50 tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's free. For you, it's your tavern. Well, construction can give you a good life by giving you opportunities to be a part of a team that does real tangible things in your community. For many of us, it's that feeling of doing something with our hands and creating something from scratch and or giving back to a new home or a remodel project. Do you enjoy working with your hands? Do you enjoy providing for your community? Do you enjoy getting out there and doing a hard day work and coming home and saying, yeah, I did that? Apply today. Wolfconstruction.net. Dunno. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small, flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515 528 
4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com that's renterswarehouse.com renters warehouse des moines you can't buy happiness <laughs> now back to miller and condon on 1460 kxno and 106.3 fm here's ken and trent hi welcome back it's miller and condon trent condon ken miller we're with you until just before noon trent's play of the day the Red Hot in the month of May, Trent Condon, coming up here in about oh, 15 minutes or thereabouts with uh, his uh, place tonight. Let's get Nick Olson. You know, we think, uh, you and I, Trent, think that this kind of a slow time, right? Mm-hmm. For I when Iowa State, not Nick Olson's world. There's no. a lot going on with him, and I'm sure Kakert as well, and the folks over at Rivals, Nick joins us. CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Busy time for you, isn't it, Nick Olson? Very busy, Ken. It's good to, good to be chatting with you again. And, yeah, you know, you'd think kind of when spring ball and the season slow down, maybe it's a little slower, but I was telling some family over the weekend, this last couple weeks with the portal and recruiting is maybe the busiest it's been all year so far. <laughs> well, and Iowa State is, and their fan base in particular, the basketball, men's basketball fan base, on pins and needles, and they look at the calendar, they realize tomorrow is June the 1st, and, you know, it's AJ Green's running out of time, right? He can't stretch that much further. But apparently, Nick, and maybe you know more about this, he has a workout still today with an NBA team. What are you hearing on AJ Green, uh, and when potentially uh, Iowa State fans uh, will be able to breathe a sigh of relief? Yeah, they've definitely been waiting on pins and needles. And you know what? I'm so glad that they're kind of so interested in this. The Pacers tweeted out that or one of the Pacers news accounts, tweeted out that A.J. Green is one of the players, um, you know, that is working out there today, probably one of the maybe lesser likely to stay in the draft out of that group. I have not, you know, really heard anything about that two-way guarantee, which he is really looking for, uh, certainly not from the Pacers at least, and really not from any team. So I think like, you know, a Trevor Keels from Duke and a Jalen Wilson from Kansas, I think these guys are really just – you know, kind of making the most of this timeline if they're coming back to school, which obviously I believe A.J. Green will be, and you guys know that, yep. to kind of get all of the, the details and, you know, maybe the little items of feedback that can kind of set them apart and, and get them in a better spot for what would potentially be their last season. It would obviously be Green's last season in college. And, you know, I was a little bit surprised uh, to see – his name and, and some of these tweets and the fact that we haven't seen a final decision, but it honestly makes a lot of sense. I mean, we're really just talking about the matter of a day or two. And, you know, I have not seen or heard anything to make me think less that he'll be in Iowa state. Actually, some, some people that had predicted him to go to Duke have now switched to Iowa mm-hmm. state as well. So in terms of college basketball, the momentum is in a beautiful spot for the Cyclones to land A.J. Green, absolutely. And that's where I kind of wanted to put a little bow on this because and I, I was on vacation, Nick, as you know, and I, and I, but I do believe that I saw you and the Duke reporter kind of going back and forth and and when it was all said and done, the Duke guy that you were, um, you know, in that conversation with, he also was on your side that he now feels the Duke is out of this, right? Yeah, he felt that, you know, Iowa State, definitely be you know kind of the favorite and it sounds like he's felt a little stronger about that now too great co-worker that i have there so you know that made me feel a little more confident and, and stronger in what i've felt as you guys know for for a while on this show it, it just makes so much sense not only for iowa state but i believe for aj with 
the pieces that the Cyclones have been able to get from the portal and, you know, some of the returners and the team putting together, he'll be in a really good spot if he indeed makes that decision to not only be the guy, but not have to do everything in terms of facilitation. There are a couple other shooters. He'll be able to be in part of a defensive rotation that should be one of the best in the Big 12 again. And I know you guys are locked into conference play all the time. I'd say Iowa State kind of needs him at this point with the way some of these teams are reloading and getting guys from the portal going into the year in the Big 12. Big 12 been the best conference overall over the last decade and does not look to be any different (laughs) next year. Speaking of that conference, those Texas matchups certainly ramped up to another way next year. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, what you've unearthed with Tyrese Hunter. His decision, he'll be a horn. Yeah, that was what a lot of the, you know, we'll use the word buzz or kind of momentum appeared to be with leading up to it. And the more that I've kind of spoken with people around 24-7 sports and just really kind of read things about it, I see it makes a little more sense basketball-wise. I still don't think that was the best fit for him just in terms of my basketball knowledge, but he can play kind of the pure one facilitator role. Marcus Carr will play off the ball a little, little more, I would think. And the Longhorns are kind of loaded in terms of pure young talent, both in the backcourt and some of the guys they're bringing back in the front court, like in Allen and Christian Bishop. So Texas is going to be another really tough team. I didn't think early on that they'd have the best spot to land him. You know, I thought maybe a, a Kansas or I think on the court, Gonzaga would just be beautiful if you surround him with, with shooters and, you know, a guy like Drew Timmy or someone like that comes back in the post. But it, it sure is going to be interesting, you know, and I saw a lot of mixed reactions from fans, but certainly the fans were leaning more one way than the other around here, and I think that Hilton matchup is going to be pretty eccentric and emotional when that happens with the Longhorns, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, it could have been worse, obviously, and I'm with you on Gonzaga, by the way. I thought that uh, that uh, relationship or that marriage could have made a lot of sense. We know it's not going to happen. But yeah, did how close was Kansas, Nick? Have you been able to... I mean, did they, did they sign somebody that... Uh, precluded them or, or make, no longer make Hunter a priority? Did they? Did he get close to becoming a Jayhawk? Yeah, I wouldn't say super close. I mean, there, there was a lot of, of buzz that I kind of felt and spoke with you know people as well. And early on, I do think he would have been a priority. I'm not sure it was anything even less than that, but they landed Kevin McCuller from, uh, from Texas Tech. Mm-hmm, yep. He indeed plays college basketball. And they've got Dewan Harris at the one who – you know, is also a really good defender, not necessarily a shooter, just like Hunter. So I felt like, yeah, maybe they prioritize some other pieces a little more in terms of, you know, what they expect to have. We'll see what Jalen Wilson does on the wing there. He can shoot a little bit, but not the most consistent guy. So I think it was, yeah, just kind of a a matter of what pieces make the most sense for this next year's Jayhawks team. And I think that you know, Hunter fell in love with what Texas had to kind of offer and present pretty early, and I felt like they'd really gained a lot of the buzz the last maybe two and a half to three weeks, I would say. So we look forward at next year's Iowa State roster, and let's say what we anticipate A.J. Green is there. They're a tournament team at minimum. Mm. How much up does upside do you see in this team, a very veteran-laden group? Yeah, you, you know, um, you guys give me the chance to kind of shout things out. I, I did kind of a deep dive on that if they get him in, in my Nick at Night last week, mm-hmm. and there will be a lot more if, if this indeed happens. But 
I think it's an absolute disappointment, right, if they don't get to the tournament. So mm-hmm. I think that's fair. And another deep Big 12 season, I even said that I would expect that team to win a tournament game because it might not have the most big names in the conference or in the country, but I'm looking at the roster. I don't see many deeper teams in the country, certainly with a legitimate nine or ten guys that you can count on on both ends of the floor. You mentioned experience, and that's really without counting you know, some of the talented freshmen that, that might get some minutes as well. I'm being a little conservative on that end just in terms of minutes and who I really expect to be playing in crunch time. So I would put, I'd put the ceiling as a team that should be ranked a lot of the season and you know, potentially make another Sweet 16 Elite Eight type run as well. And I would put the bare minimum expectations, absolutely. you got to be dancing in the tournament mm-hmm. and ideally win a game with that type of roster. And most of the coaching staff back that, you know, I've got no reason to say otherwise, guys. They really impressed yep. me last season with what they did with Hunter, Rockington's growth. He was not that type of player at Penn State. So, yeah, I've got high expectations if A.J. Green is part of this team. No, no, no question about it, Nick. I couldn't agree with you more. Look, they took a roster of this coaching staff, and they made chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? <laughs> because that's what it looked like prior to the season. And to, to get to the second weekend of the tournament uh, was, was nothing short or remarkable. So now there's going to be some expectations when you when you look at this group. Let's move, unless you've got more basketball, trend. let's move to football. Uh, you've been busy. I know there's a lot of... Uh, potential cyclones of the future that are uh, starting to get noticed and starting to get some opportunities. What's going on football-wise as far as some of these camps, some of these upcoming camps, and some of the, uh, at the t- at, uh, as for now, high schoolers as they get set to make a very difficult choice as to where they are going to go to school? Yeah, you know, this is a, a part of the kind of timeline that I didn't realize how fun it is. You, you follow these guys kind of from the beginning, when they get offers, how often they're talking to Iowa State and that kind of thing. So I'm actually going to speak with a priority target today in Jamison Patton, a local guy. I'll be catching up with J.J. Cole as well, obviously already a commit. I think that Iowa State is in a really good spot for, you know, some of these local players like Patton, wide receiver Kai Black, uh, linebacker Cooper Ebel, who has gotten a lot of buzz this spring, and Iowa's pushing for him too. But I think they're in a good spot for the local players. I, I get that feel. I know that a lot of people surrounding kind of get that feel as well. And then there's some major talent, including players from, you know, Blake Purchase from Colorado, Manny Covey from Florida, players like that, that I would put Iowa State among the favorites. And, and some of those big names will be in town next weekend for the first weekend of official visits, which I'm pretty excited to cover because I've never really been around it. As you guys know, I'm still pretty new here for that as well. You mentioned Jamison Patton, a guy that had a great career at Roosevelt. We'll finish up at Ankeny this year and get ready to uh, have a little conversation with Jamison. What's the latest on his recruitment? Yeah, I think that, you know, Iowa and Iowa State have obviously pushed really hard throughout. He, He took an official visit to UCLA. I don't necessarily see him leaving the state. And I feel like from what Iowa has kind of gotten in their in their back line and in their secondary and the way that the Cyclones have consistently made Patton a priority throughout, as, as you guys know and have followed intently. I think Iowa State is in the best spot of anyone, and I'm really excited to kind of talk with, with him and, you know, his friend and, and teammate now, J.J. Cole, as well, to see how that dynamic has changed, if at all, you know, since J.J. has officially become a Cyclone and 
what that type of recruiting aspect looks like for him as well with, with so much talent and so many friends around the state. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. It's a busy time. You'll have that uh, piece up, I'm assuming, today. If not tomorrow, you'll have that piece on Patton, uh, and you'll continue to follow this very closely. And, of course, when the news breaks on A.J. Green, as we anticipate it will here, in a positive direction for Iowa State, I'm sure there'll be more on that. Nick, great stuff. Uh, we will uh, talk to you next week, Nick Olson. Thank you. Appreciate it. Can't wait, guys. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Nick Olson, you can follow him on Twitter at the real Nick Olson. At the real Nick Olson. Speaking of following on Twitter, Derek Jeter joined Twitter today. Oh, did he? Yeah. So when I got to work about, I don't know, 915 or whatever, I saw that he was, he had 39,000 followers. He's now up to 80,000. Jeez. He's all, and he's following, uh, A-Rod tweeted at him. Welcome to the Twitter. Did he follow A-Rod? No. He didn't. He only follows four, uh, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Jeter, who is obviously a family member, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Players Tribune and one other foundation. But uh, if you're a Yankees fan, uh, the captain is now aboard Twitter. Well, if you're a sports betting fan and been following my partner, TC, you've had a very good month uh, because he has as well. Let's see if he can finish it on a high note. Trent's Play of the Day, Circus Sports Sponsors. It's next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Oh. Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job where a company show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today. At Wolf Construction. One, two, three. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports. I'm laughing. There's a politician just tweeted that, uh, I'm not going to say his name, calling for a total ban on porn. What? Yeah. Sounds terrible. That's I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Transcon, then it's yes. time for your play of the just sort of my Twitter feed. I thought uh. it was fun. Um, you're red hot. Yes. You've had a very good month of May. Today mm-hmm. is, after all, the last day of May. Let's end it right. I would love to see that. Now you've got one, you've got a hockey game. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Twins start in 15 minutes. Yes. Do you like the early game, t- mm-hmm. Twins Tigers? No. Okay. What are you doing? We're playing baseball. We got four games in baseball. We're also playing hockey. Let's go with hockey first. Over under six and a half tonight. Both goalies stink. Uh-huh. The best goaltending is in the East. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There are some offensive dynamos on both rosters. Over, please. Most places have it at seven. Circa, it's juiced, but they do have it at six and a half. I'm going to Jake take that. Going to lay the juice. Give me over six and a half goals tonight with the Oilers and the Lange. Baseball, 
Take in the White Sox today, plus 152. Like the matchup and like the price against your Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. Also with the Padres, plus money in baseball, plus 112 at the Cardinals. Houston laying the minus 131 at the A's. And how are the Brewers only a minus 123 favorite against the Cubs? When you said that, now look, Justin Steele's had a couple of good starts. His last one was awful. Yes. Uh, but he did strike out 10 against the Snakes a couple of 10 days ago, two starts. Lauer's back. been great, He's though, been great. For the I'm with you. Minus 123, yes, please. Brew crew. Well, let's see if you can end it on a positive note. You had a wonderful month of May. The merry, merry month of May. <laughs> um. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Cyclone Insider tonight, I'm assuming, goes at six. Tune in, find out. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.